Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today I thought it'd be good to think about Christmas once again, and I'm in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, which says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. What a wonderful verse that tells us that just at the right time, God set up the world so that Jesus could come as a babe in a manger, he could live a sinless life, and then die on a cross just for you and for me. And the point is that because he died on the cross and took our place and redeemed us by his own precious blood, that when we receive him by faith, we're adopted into the family of God and we're called sons of God. What a great blessing it is to represent Jesus Christ in this day and age. What a privilege. I trust that the Lord will bless all of us together as we do his work and do his will throughout this new year. Jesus, so sweetly Today we're with uh, Pastor Doug Wilson, one of our missionaries, who is specifically the head of many of our educational and church planning efforts around the world. Uh, Doug, thank you for joining us today. Well, it's a delight and a pleasure and privilege. Well, God gave us an opportunity to continue on with a couple of our regions. Uh, we have ministered in four or five regions quite uh, heavily. But two of them were ones that emerged as uh, trying to finish things that we had started and had committed to, and also uh, expanding the network of doing among themselves as much as possible. And so we were in the Calcutta and West Bengal region with uh, the Ahoban radio ministry with Pradyut Mandal and his team in West Bengal. And we were able to do regional conferences and church ministries. Uh, we were able to do counseling and uh, encouraging of the saints there. We were able to meet with their various administrators and also have an actual seminar having to do with the Hoban Radio, where they had many of their participants coming uh, from all over the region overnight on uh, the, uh, the train in order to meet together. And it was a mighty uh, and powerful time. Great encouragement, great truth was exchanged, and a lot of commitments were made, not only for Christ, but also for ongoing ministry uh, through the radio. Uh, also doing regional seminars of uh, training in discipleship and in evangelism and seminary level uh, training in various kind of ways uh, to the nationals. We went down to the border of Bangladesh, where we had... Uh, people that had crossed the border from Bangladesh who were predominantly Muslim background. We also had ones that uh, were from India that were predominantly from a Hindu background. And we were able to do uh, some training right there uh, on the border with these various groups and uh, gave them materials. And uh, it was one of the more 
uh, most warmly received of all of our meetings in India. We felt as though the Holy Spirit was carrying us through these wonderful occasions that the Spirit had been preparing the way. Uh, we had not been able to be there because of COVID. We'd sent files, we'd sent communiques, we'd kept in touch as best we could. There's only so much you can do when you're at arm's length and not able to be there uh, in person. We've always been a roll up your sleeves kind of people. <laughs> we like to be right there with them and they like to have us there with them. And they made that very clear with their warm reception. Uh, it has to be the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, why would they be looking at ones from our part of the world with open arms other than God is using that in a special way? Uh, we also had a wide regional uh, meeting of a lot of pastors, missionary leaders in West Bengal, all done in the Bengali language with great interpreters and translators, and all of the materials given were donated uh, by our sponsors and uh, wonderfully well received all of the infrastructure things of lodging and of food and of travel and transportation and all of those things were covered and we give thanks to god for that well that's that's fantastic and a real blessing to hear uh doug the the christian church and christians in india are suffering in ways that we haven't seen can you talk a little bit about the uh, what you saw during this trip and the reports you give regarding persecution and the difficulties that the Christians are facing in India right now? Well, they need a lot of prayer and a lot of God's grace for wisdom as well as protection. Uh, the government is run by a militant Hindu prime minister, and there are a number of people that do things uh, under the radar there to persecute not only physically, but also financially. Uh, there are a number of ways in which uh, some have had violence against them. Uh, some have been pulled over. Uh, even we were pulled over by police uh, two or three times in that region. And we're told uh, uh, that we had to either come up with a financial agreement to continue on or to be deported or whatever they wanted to do, uh, they were able to do. So these are the kind of things that happen regularly. Uh, we have ones that are put in the hospital because they've been beaten. We have ones that have had their uh, bank accounts frozen, uh, ones that have had the, the, uh, the credentials uh, to operate within the country withheld from them. Uh, so there are a number of areas of direct and indirect persecution on top of the other things that they face all the time. Uh, lack of resources. Uh, they have uh, a lot of problems with uh, uh, bad weather situations that come and devastate large regions of where they're ministering and trying to have humanitarian resources available as further inroads into uh, from the Christians out to the Muslim and the Hindu communities. So uh, they are under threat. Uh, from the central government, from the regional government, from ones that uh, have been radicalized, among the, mostly among the Hindus in India. And uh, this is a cause for great concern, and it makes it even more difficult for ones such as us to go into those areas. Frankly, our doctor warned us that it was too early for us to be going there. 
God carried us through those things and kept us safe uh, by a miracle of his grace. But we are not unaware of the fact that uh, these doors may not remain open. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you're aware, this is a listener-supported program, and we continue to ask that you would continue to support our ministry. This month, we're offering the booklet entitled, He Did This Just For You by Max Licato. This is a wonderful booklet, I believe, for the beginning of the year. Uh, It's basically a booklet that talks about what Christ did on the cross and the fact that he died for our sins and took our place and gives new life and wants to have a relationship with each one of us. And that's really described very well in this booklet. And I thought since it's the first, uh, first month of the year, that this would be a good booklet to have to share with friends, just to be encouraged and be blessed by the gospel once again. And it might give us a fresh start for the year to, th- to see how we could share the gospel throughout the year to, uh, to reach people for Christ. And so I highly recommend this booklet. I think it'll really be a wonderful encouragement to each of us who are believers in Christ, but also it'll be a tremendous blessing to those who uh, receive this from you. So it's an evangelistic tool that uh, you can use. This month we're offering this booklet entitled, He Did This Just For You. Uh, to order your copy, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States, Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Today's message is from Dr. Fred Hartman. Printed copies are available upon request. For a good time, we've been centering our attention on the question of whether or not we're close to the end-time events. In our last message, we dealt with the subject of the One World Church in the End Times. Today, in our 16th message, I would like to cover the subject 
of the an end time one world government. Is it possible? And are we seeing the development of it today? The Bible is very clear on this subject that one day there will be a one world government with one person leading it. Our text is found in Revelation 13, 1-7. Then I stood on the stand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. I saw one of his heads as it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly world wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who was like the beast? Who was able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwelt in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Here we have a description of the end times where there comes a man into power who will rule over the earth, the entire earth, all those who, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life will be under his control. He will rule over every tribe, tongue, and nation. He will have ultimate power such as no man before him has ever had. We should all know, also note here that the dragon or Satan will be the one who gives him his power and authority. This man will be the Antichrist. The first thing I would like to do today is to go back through the scripture passages to see what happens when there's a large group of people that are under the control of one person and one system of government. Our first illustration is found way back in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 10, it records the line of Noah. He had three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. When we follow the line of Ham, we learn that he had sons, one of whose name was Cush. One of the sons of Cush was a man named Nimrod. He is the one we are interested in for our study today. Beginning in Genesis 10.8, we read, Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalna, in the land of Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth Deir, Kala, and Rezin between Nineveh and Kala, that principal city. Here we see the great-grandson of Noah, 
become the leader over a huge area of the Middle East. Now let us see what's happened in just four generations. Noah and his family were the only ones spared at the time of the flood. Now his great-grandson became the ruler over a huge territory. But what happened in the very next chapter of Genesis? In chapter 11 of Genesis, we find the result of that unified rule under one man. Instead of believing the message from God, man developed the first case of humanism, where man is the dominant one, and God, though perhaps he was worshipped, man would worship him the way he pleased. So rather than trusting in the Lord, they built the Tower of Babel to worship the way they pleased. God broke up this mighty power by bringing to them utter confusion, by making everyone speak in a different language. This broke up this kingdom and scattered the people across the earth. It proves to us that there's only one who can rule the world, and that is Jesus, who will one day rule over the earth for a thousand years. God will destroy any effort to establish a one-world government. Our second illustration is found in the book of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, was one of the greatest kings of the ancient world. It is said of him that he ruled all the way from Egypt to India. He ruled with an iron fist or dictatorially. He was so powerful as he ruled over much of the known world at that time. Everyone had to pay him respect. In fact, in Daniel chapter 3, he commanded that all people had to bow down and worship him. In Daniel 3, beginning with verse 1, we read, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits or 90 feet, and its width was 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to the satraps, the administrators, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, all of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province gathered together for the dedication of the image King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery and symphony, with sounds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. When the sound of the music came, Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would not worship the image of Nebuchadnezzar. They were cast into the fiery furnace that was heated seven times hotter than normal. Instead of burning, they were not touched by the fire. 
and there was seen a fourth man in the furnace, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of Man. The result was that Nebuchadnezzar made a decree that no one could speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. However, Nebuchadnezzar would have to pay a great price for what he did. God brought him down so that for seven years he lost his kingdom and his sanity so that he lived in the open and ate grass for his food, just like an animal. In both of the illustrations we have given you, men built a huge kingdom and lifted themselves up above all others, and in the case of Nebuchadnezzar, declared that men had to worship him. Is this not exactly what the text from Revelation declared would happen in the end times? When the Antichrist comes to worldwide power, he will eventually declare that all the people of the world must worship him, and they will. The question for today is, are we seeing any evidence for a globalist system that could possibly lead to a one-world government? If so, that could make the world ready for a one-world government that would allow powerful, charismatic, smooth-tongued order to gain the power, deceive people, and turn out to be the Antichrist. Let's see if there's any evidence to show us we could be very close to this end-time event taking place. I well remember as a young man the day the United Nations was born. It was April 24, 1945. That has always been a very, in my mind, for April 24th is my birthday. Every nation that joined had to give up some of its sovereignty as well as money so this body could operate. It took the place of the League of Nations that was formed after World War I. Soon after the UN was formed, one world leader after another began to speak out for a new world order. Globalism became the cry, while nationalism and patriotism was put on the back burner. We could give you quote after quote by world leaders who are pushing hard for a one world government, but I am convinced it is better to give you the warning that God gave in 2 Thessalonians 2, 1-12, about what would come to pass. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him, we ask you not to soon be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of, the Christ, of Christ had come. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. 
Do you not remember when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Here's a very stern warning from the Apostle Paul about what would be taking place in the end times. The entire world will be under the control of this satanic leader we know as the Antichrist. Beloved, we're being dragged very swiftly into government control of our lives. Look how quickly the government told us what to wear, where to go, and placed all kinds of restrictions on people because of the COVID-19 virus. Now we are told by the government that we must put an end to the use of fossil fuels. The next thing they want to completely control is our health care. Under the guise of climate control, Government will soon tell us what we can eat, what we can grow, so the planet will survive more than another 10 to 15 years. Two of the methods being used to control people and lead to a one-world government are by building a case based on lies and fear. Just look at the fear that people had and faced during the pandemic. They were afraid to visit family or to go to church or school. The economy of the world came to a halt. We were told so many lies. It was hard to know who or what to believe. Now just imagine what would happen if a leader would arise with a silver tongue who would promise peace, prosperity, and the end to fear. The world would blindly follow him into a one-man one-world governmental system that he would set up. This is exactly what will happen when the Antichrist arrives on the scene. My friend, the stage is set for this to come to pass very quickly. Remember Paul's warning to the church at Thessalonica. We need to stand very strongly for the Lord in these days as Satan seeks to destroy anything or anyone who will take a stand for the Lord. Uh, we have this booklet that I'm highly recommending for this month. It's the first month of the year, and uh, it's called He Did This Just For You. It's really an evangelistic booklet that Max Lucado has written, and we trust that you will write in and uh, get your copy 
One of the things that we're concerned about here at Cash National Bible Hour is not only that people will continue to be challenged and grow in their faith and be encouraged, but also that those who listen to our broadcast would come to a, a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that they would be born again. He loves you. He loves all of us. And he wants us all to come to repentance. He wants all of us to have a relationship with him. And can, you can do that by asking him to come into your life, confessing your sins to him. That's exactly what I did years and years ago. And since that time, my life has been totally changed, and I'm sure yours will be too. You can get the booklet by Max Licato. Uh, he did this just for you by writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also listen to past broadcasts of Canada's National Bible Hour on our website at missiongo.org. M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. And we also have a 24-hour Christian radio station, which has some of the great hymns of the faith and really good preaching on that 24-7 at missiongo-radio.org. missiongo-radio.org. 